Midday Squares Uncensored, you know what it is. We talk about chocolate entrepreneurship and our road to building a $100 million business. Today's episode is an important one, but before we get into it, guys, we put so much effort into this podcast. Please like it, comment it, refer to a friend, even one friend goes a far way. We're on the road to 10,000 listeners. Um, we're super pumped to get there. We're almost there and we need your help. So every like and comment matters. Today's episode is one that is really something we've been through and we've called it the secret to achieving peak performance. It's all in your mind. And the key to this is it's not going to be some blah, blah, blah. It's playing off of a lot of concepts that have been out there. This is not an original Midday Squares thought, but this is an original thought and how we've put it into practice. We are back in the studio. Jake, I just want to congratulate you today. You made Forbes 30 under 30. And it's not just about the name Forbes 30 under 30. It's really about you put it in your mind and you went and got it done. Yeah, it was manifested. 10 years. This is a decade worth of hard work and meeting people, socializing, networking. You don't just get something from just being nowhere. You get something from going after it. You know, we had an article written in a great French newspaper here in Canada, and it's a phenomenal paper. Vive la Montréal. Vive la Montréal. We support Montreal. We love Montreal. It's our hometown. We're putting Montreal on the map for <laughs> chocolate. You? Um, anyways, no, but it was about the Forbes 30, and they were proud. The The actual broadcasting company was proud that a Montrealer was on the cover of Forbes. And when they, when they wrote the article, you start to read some of the comments and the thing, and some of these individuals... The first thing they do in their mind is they can't understand why someone would achieve that or be able to achieve that from where they live. So the first thing they do is make an excuse to justify why that person totally. might have got it. So they say, oh, you pay to do it. First of all, I wish I could pay to do it. You, I'm sure a lot of people would pay to get that too if yeah. they want to, but you can't. <laughs> and that's what bothered me. I read that and I, I said to myself, I said, all the hard work that all these people that got listed on the Forbes thing worked so hard to build whatever businesses they're doing, whatever entertainment, whatever craft they have. And people have the nerve to say that people pay for it. And it's a controversial topic. And the kicker is, is for me, it's like, okay, you want to say that it's paid for? Do you know how much Forbes has done for me since being on this, this list? The amount of news pieces we've gotten. It's not a bias. It's they love our story. The amount of people they've introduced me to, they just follow up yesterday and saying, how is the momentum been? And I just called them right away. I said, it has absolutely been pure fire because thank you to you guys. You actually genuinely care about the people that go into your network. That is what Forbes 30 is. It's nothing to do with just a little piece of an award. Most of the time, these awards are just awards. This one actually enters you into a completely different network that opens you up, which gives you more doors, which grows your business and grows your friends. How about this? You don't need to justify it. Yeah, I agree. Fuck Agreed. everybody that feels that way because at I the agree. end of the day, you're the one on the cover of Forbes. For the record, I just want to say before we move on to subject matter, I called the Forbes 30 on th for you. I called it. I said it like three years ago. I'm like, you're getting this. This is this yeah, is you did. You did. this is like a non this is a non, non subject non discussion. matter. It really is all about the mind, but the mind is, and that's what we're gonna really distill on this show right now is the mind is really, really strong in many different ways in how you convince yourself into things, in how you perceive yourself, all this jazz. And I want to open it with a great quote from the book, Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. This is a uh, written by Carol Dweck. So I want to make sure we give her the recognition. Here's the quote. Whether you think you can 
or you think you can't, you are right. Mm. That's a powerful, powerful line. Very. Because it really means that it's it's all irrelevant. All that's relevant is what's up here totally. in your mind. Les, you've had a big epiphany over the year. And when we were coming to put together today's show, you were really the inspiration for today's show. And so what was that thing that's changed hugely in your mind this year that set off a whole bunch of shit, let's call it, in I a mean, great way? It's the it's the, the look good, feel good uh, campaign. And the look good, feel good is not about looking a certain way. It's really the inner work, right? So it's like, for me, I've really changed my lifestyle, and that's been in what I'm eating, in the you know movement, body movement, um, and then just my my whole process um, I- I- of information, like how I'm processing things, how I'm experiencing things, um, and so my I've had a, a mind shift, and but what is that mind shift? The mind shift is. Is, is feeling good, feeling mm. rested, feeling alert, like, you know, changing the lifestyle. I think like, you know, it's it's focusing on, you know, like my day on a, a best day ever, right? And that's, I'll shout out Mike Fada, right? Which which he talks a lot about it. I mean, Mike Fada, you know, 25 years ago or so started a, a, a health journey, right? He went on this health journey and it changed his life. And started Manitoba Harvest as well. Totally. And, and I, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I was speaking to him actually uh, about this. And he was like, you know, he eats a salad every single day, he makes this really big salad with all these veggies. And I was like, don't you get tired of eating the same salad every day? And he's kind of like, it's not really about the salad. It's about how it makes me feel mm. after I eat the salad. Like I can go and take over the world. And so it, it wasn't really about that he was eating the salad for a specific reason. He was eating the salad um, because it made him feel good. And so... The foods we've been eating and and all these things have really been fueling me. Um, And so that's been the change. And even getting up in the morning and putting on something that I feel good in, getting dressed, taking an extra minute uh, for me in the morning instead of just rushing to work, you know, throwing my hair in a bun and then rushing to work. No, taking a minute if I have it to really put myself together. And that has made me feel better. Um, and it's and it's given me energy at work. And, and I think it's also motivated you, Nick, right? Like Hugely. So it's like, you know, the small thing, the smallest thing too for me is like, you know, I put a Peloton bike in front of my TV. And I used to think that I would have to go really hard on the Peloton, like where I would have to do like f- fucking 45 minutes of of extreme intensity where my heartbeat was through the roof. And then I realized, no, I don't like doing that. That actually makes me not want to do the Peloton. Why? Because I'm already exhausted from my nine, 10 hour day of really giving it my all. So when I got on the Peloton, I I was discouraged. and I didn't actually want to do it. Now I'll do 30 minutes at a, a low level intensity, but I'm consistent. I want to talk a little bit about Andrew Huberman here. Dr. Andrew Huberman comes out of MIT, is really focused on the research coming out of brain activity in terms of dopamine, noroepinephrine, can never pronounce it, all of these things that come together to train our habits. Um, And we also have to pay due to James Cleary, is it, from Atomic Habits? Forgive me if I'm wrong on butchering, butchering his name, but Atomic Habits talks about this. So one of the main reward systems that fail us as people is when we go and try to accomplish something, we 
put an all or nothing nothing mm. attitude around it. Totally. So let's take an example of this Peloton like you just said. You could go on the Peloton and you could do that and it will work. But if you end up not enjoying the process while you are on it, all that ends up happening is that your reward system signals that you don't want to do this in the future. Yes. If you do something at a pace that is good to you, your reward system ends up saying, oh, I, I enjoyed that. That wasn't like a big deal. And now all of a sudden that cue, which our brains are really, really, really good at, clicks in and says, okay, I can do that a lot actually, because when I was finished, I felt good. And this is a really key hack to the reward system. And so that for me is that there's been this huge myth around our entire lives that says, it's an all or nothing attitude towards everything in life. And if you aren't in that all or nothing, you aren't really doing it. That's a myth. Yeah, but I think and I think it comes down to confidence because when I started getting back into exercise, okay, I went to a spin class and it was a smaller spin class. I was definitely out of place. Everybody, I can already tell, very experienced spinners, very in shape. So because I had that all or nothing mindset, I went really hard. During the spin, my ears uh, had a horrible sensation. Pain. My, pain. My whole body felt like shaking, okay? It felt, it felt really wrong. I didn't listen to it because I was insecure of what the people were going to think if they looked back at me and saw me not keeping up with the class. When I went into my therapy session with Jim Gavin, I unpacked that. We worked on it. And what, we, what he said was, it, it, look what you did to your body based on not having the confidence to say, I'm in, this, I'm in this class to ride, to do what works for me, to listen to my body, to feel good. I don't need to go extreme because that's not going to work for me. And, and that's propelled into all of the exercise I'm doing right now. You know, I go to a class, I do 45 minutes. And you know what? There is a culture, a negative piece around this because people do judge you. The trainers get mad when you leave early. People look. They make comments like, why are you leaving? Push another 50 minutes. No, I don't want to push another Who 50 minutes. Who gives a fuck? Fuck, right? That 45 minutes was good for me. That's when That's when my body said stop. And But there is a culture piece around this. And, and it's hard, right? It's just small wins every day. You forget about the big ones. Like, you know, we, we all are taught through everything. You must get a high grade in school. You must do this to get into this program. You must have the best job interview to, to get the job. It's all fake news. The whole thing is fake news because at the end of the day, I have stayed consistent working out for 10 years now. 10 years of my life, I went from very high intensity to an addiction. I probably had a mental health issue with that addiction because I was so obsessed with working out that it actually hurt me mentally and I was always worried, I was stressed, I had anxiety. Now I work out the way I wanna work out and my body has stayed absolutely the same or even gotten stronger. My arms are the size of my legs. I kid you not, they look the same. Are your the, legs big or small? They're big, but, okay. but my arms are massive. Like I, I literally, and I say this with, with, with I'm happy to show you pictures um, in the notes. But are your arms the size of your legs? Yes. Okay. They're literally, my biceps are huge. But the idea is, is that I didn't go harder now than I did 10 years ago. I've stayed just consistent. It has become a lifestyle for me and I enjoy it. When I first started the all or nothing mentality, it was horrible. Yes, I saw my results, but I mentally was not happy. I was actually miserable. Yeah. Today, I see the results 
and I'm happy and I'm fired the fuck up. That's You're reaping the, the rewards. Reaping the rewards. But I read something the other day. I think it was the Power Momentum, the book, and it basically says instead of what people do in January, we're in January right now, is they do this New Year's resolution stuff. So they basically commit to a three-week goal of – I'm going to do this amount of workouts. I'm going to get this amount of muscle. I'm going to lose 25 pounds. I'm going to gain 10 pounds of muscle. Whatever the numbers are, they commit to that in their brain. They tell themselves that's the only way. What happens if on week one and a half, you break your ankle? Are you still going to work out? Are you still going to have your mental strength of hitting your goal? You probably aren't because you have an external factor that absolutely crushed your spirit of doing it. Now your brain goes down this path where it's like, shit, I just might as well give it up. And you go down something called negative momentum where your intention now switches the other way. And slowly, once you recover, you think you're getting back to that gym. I don't think so. So you choose where you want to go on your intention, your direction of your momentum. But most importantly, if you don't consider these big goals of just you have to hit this, your brain has to take you there. And you take it day by day, not month by month or year by year, but day by day, I want to win. I want to win something today, then I'll win something tomorrow. You wake up every day starting fresh. It's a brand new start to win. Your yesterday does not mean your today. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a fucking difference. It's your mind. That... For me, I think a huge takeaway uh, for the audience is I am by no means shredded or jacked, by no means. But what I'm really proud of myself is that every single day I lift weight mm. for about 10 to 15 minutes. That is, that is it. And it keeps me feeling good. This is where the mindset comes in, is that I know that I don't have the capacity per se to be any more than I am right now. But I also know that I want to look good in t-shirts because <laughs> it makes me feel good. And if I feel good, I'm more confident. If I'm more confident, I perform better. Totally. And if I perform better, we do better. And if we do better, it you, you see where this so is it's going? It's a domino effect. And so I commit to those 15 minutes and it doesn't change my life. I don't wear workout clothes when I go do it. We fought, Jake and I, to have this little gym here. It's a little <laughs> shitty gym that's next to our office. And it's the best thing ever. Why? It's there. <laughs> and so there is no big part of my day where I go to the gym. I'm in between working sessions and I go crank a <laughs> set of pull-ups or I go lift some weight or I go do some chest. That has made me more consistent than I've ever been in my entire life. And that mindset trick has trickled into everything I find, everything. And that's building momentum. And the momentum is so fucking dangerous because you take over the world like that. So I think that's a really key piece is that don't overdo everything. Try to make it simple because simplicity equals success. And if you hack your brain into feeling good on the reward system, you will succeed. Yeah, I think, and, and just to add to that is, everybody's different. So it's important to do what works for you. It's just coming from people that were, thought they, they that everything needed to be so extreme, finding this balance has been a, a life-changing experience. So do what works for you, but this is what has now worked for us based off a lot of years of trying different things and also working through our, our, our mindset. What's really interesting is all three of us are reaching peak performance, I believe. I see it. Oh, I yeah. see it happening 
we're getting really, really good at our craft. What do you feel you've done over the course of time, but most importantly in this last year where you're starting to see us all peak in performance, what are some of the keys that have been the mindset shift for you that have allowed you to unlock that next level? I think the study of momentum. Um, you know, I read, I, I was watching one of my mentors and, and he said that the power of momentum is one of the most powerful human forces that most humans don't know about. And when I started to look into it, I couldn't really understand the idea of momentum. I was just like, sounds weird. You know, if you look at the actual definition of physics, it's like, does that really apply to human nature? And as I studied more and more, and I didn't just study it for a month, I st I've been spending like a year and a half just reading about it, watching leaders that have it. And it started to all make sense that it is your choice on how you view momentum and how you use it. And there's this quote I'm going to take from John Maxwell, and it says, Momentum is really a leader's best friend. Sometimes it's only the difference between winning and losing. And the reason why I say that quote is because the moment I started studying momentum, I started to gain more confidence. And the reason why is because I started to do things, small little things that would then lead to another thing, which would then lead to another thing, which would then lead to another thing. And then I looked at the flip side of when something bad happens, how deep do I go? And it goes very deep because I push it that way. So that is the negative momentum kicking in. So once you understand the force of momentum in human nature, you can actually accomplish anything. So I do start my day off with a little. When I read the book, Make Your Bed, or start with your making your bed, the people in the Navy do it, the people in the Army do it because it is the first sense of pride of the day. When you have a sense of pride, it gives you one small tick. That small tick leads to another tick. And then I start to realize that I will start doing more momentum, give myself more momentum, which allows me to want to go into more uncomfortable situations, which the more I went into uncomfortable situations over time, the more confident I got in myself, the more opportunities I started to get, the more people I started to hang out with that I wouldn't have hung out with, which then taught me more things about life. I have become vast more wealthy in terms of knowledge solely due to momentum and understanding the power of it. That is my mindset change, is solely studying momentum. But, but this is exactly what Andrew Huberman talks about, which is you've hacked your, your, your reward system into this perpetual thing that becomes addicted to the, that is momentum. To growth. It, to growth. What I'm about to say, I say this with love, you are not, you are not a naturally confident person. And I think that's the the biggest misconception of people when they see you is that you are so powerful in your mindset that years ago you convinced yourself into confidence, even though at the beginning it may have not been natural, and now it's real. You've literally went from a situation of where you didn't have the natural confidence and you propelled yourself into natural confidence of where it is that perpetual motion. And that's the mindset shift that I think people need to hear because you don't need to be born naturally confident to be extremely Is anyone confident. really born naturally confident? I don't believe so. Yeah. Momentum is something that if I didn't have it this year, I don't know if I would have survived this uh, 2022. So obviously we're back in studio, guys. So much has gone on, on at Midday Squares. Uh, 2022 is a very heavy year for us, extremely heavy. We went in in January 2022 with a lot of fire. Uh, sales were through the roof. Um, and then we did our massive change from two squares to one. And and it, it created extreme turbulence in the company, like something we have never experienced in our four and a half years on this journey My so whole far. life. My whole life. Like it was 
it was so painful. Um, the whole vibe, um, energy, um, culture, day-to-day changed at Midday Squares. It was rough times. Sales completely plummeted. There was so many fundamental issues with the with the execution of the changeover. We're doing a whole video on this. It's called the recap video of 2022. It's coming out and it's it's going to be painful to watch because it was painful. Now, in the time, so between June when this happened all the way to September, it was rough, okay? At that point, Jake started uh, um, talking to us and introducing momentum and at the point at Midday Squares where I felt like I was losing the most, mm-hmm. the mindset change happened. And even though we were losing, because so much was going wrong as we were going through this turbulent time, I never felt like I was winning more in my life. You, you can't, I've, I'll literally never forget the day you were so fed up of fed the, up is the word fed yeah, up. Yeah, you were fed, fed up of fed the up. energy at the office and you said within the whole organization everywhere. Everything. Everywhere. Everything. Yeah. You said, fuck this. <laughs> we are not losers. We are not losers. We have a fan base. We are doing something incredibly impossible. We need to be proud. From exactly. this day on, we are fucking momentum. You literally just looked at all of us, and all of us are just looking at you like, oh, how are we gonna get this momentum? Yeah. But you're right. And then Day by day. And you Slowly. felt the pendulum Slowly. swing. Yeah. You literally felt the pendulum swing. Exactly. In- and it's it goes back to the quote that you just said. It's like, we're winning because of our mind. Mm. And that's all that mattered. So there was that component to the mind change. And then again, like, I sound like, we sound like a broken record. Therapy. Mm. I was just having a conversation with my sister-in-law and she was talking to me about therapy, this and that. And I was also having it with somebody else about therapy. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been in it for X amount of months and I don't really feel the changes yet. And I'm like, yeah, you're not gonna feel the changes right away. I have been, when I told them how long I've been seeing Jim Gavin for, both people almost shit themselves. <laughs> I have been seeing Jim Gavin for 12 years. 12 years, people, okay? And the last four and a half, I've been doing it weekly. So therapy has changed me completely as a person, but it doesn't happen overnight. And then the last thing that I'll say before I throw it to you, Nick, is movement. I, when I experienced depression or lowness, I would, the first thing I would resort to is like, to your point, basking in it. And I would see myself doing it, like getting more and more negative, shitting on everything. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then, cause you could shit on literally everything, everything. right? It's yeah, so easy. it's so easy. And then you create that negative momentum. Char- but I have to interject okay. something. Charlie Munger turned 99. Happy birthday, Charlie Munger. Happy birthday legend, to the legend. legend. The fucking legend. legend, 99. Beauty. And he's seen everything, guys. This guy's yeah. been around for a hundred years, okay? He said, the one thing that I am repelled by because it only leads to negative outcomes is pity. Yeah. Self-pity. Oh. Is yeah. It's death. It's it death. It is death. the worst. It has led to wars. It has led to mass executions. It has led to so many fucked up things. And I trust this man who's been around for 100 years and seen some shit. So that reminded me that self-pity is easy. It is. It's a destructive behavior. And it's a the small, easiest thing to access. It is. And a small thing that has helped me actually get away from that is movement. So like in the summers, like 
I, I live in an area where you could walk around, but there's not much to see. But sometimes I'd just be like, Nick, let's go for a walk. And we would just walk around with no destination and it completely changed the chemicals in my mind. You're changing the momentum. Yeah, and and it allowed me to get out of my funk. And so movement has been a big part of the change for me. Here's here's a little hack though on that aspect. And again, because this show is all about the power of the mind, right? Yes. Little stuff. So we realize on those walks that part of the fun of a walk is wandering. But people get so fixated on that they have to get home after their walk. But we have a thing called Uber now. <laughs> Let yourself get lost in the process of having the no structure. Interesting. Because the second you have a destination to come home to, you're constantly using your Worrying. brain to structure how you're going to get back home. But when you wander, and wander is one of the greatest tools that we have as humans, you discover. That means you don't have to worry about how you're gonna get home. If you walk an hour in a direction, you get yourself home in a car when you're too tired. You stop when you are too tired. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is a beautiful thing that we've introduced to our life where you wander. Yes. Wandering is something so beautiful. Anyway, create little hacks. I think I have two hacks. We have one more, but yeah. I just want to describe the picture that we were discussing before about June and how the momentum was so horrible. And this is the hack from it. The whole organization was on its tips and toes of almost collapsing in terms of obviously an operational collapse, but mental collapse, meaning that people wanted to throw the towel in. The towel was at its hottest peak to just throw it. And it was so easy to just say, I don't want this pain anymore. But when I came in that day and I said, I'm fucking fed up. The reason why I said that was because if we continued yeah. with that momentum, <laughs> we would we fail. would be, the company would be closed. Yeah. And the reason being is because we were in a disgusting funk. We had we had an organization where the energy with some of the folks had that funk. Yeah. And that funk wasn't leaving. So somebody needed to come in and just pop it even if it was artificial and it's okay to have artificial momentum and adrenaline because what it does is it might peak someone's trigger in their brain, subconscious or conscious, where it will say, holy shit, what am I thinking? Yeah. I need to get out of it. And that's what it did. It created an actual turn. Well, I think and when having that turns, vision is very important. But fuck it. It's your day by day. You choose it. I don't need to know that the company's going to be around in six months. Who gives a yeah, flying fuck? Exactly. It's today. But I what do I feel today? You you know, bring up a, 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 few, a, few, a good point is the minute you uh, get fear out... So the minute you stop caring about failing, you actually start winning. Picture you're in the cage in a boxing match and you're against a fighter, right? And the fighter is swinging and swinging and swinging. All you're doing is defending. You're playing not to lose. You're not playing to win. And that's what fear does. It prevents you from winning. But I want to add two more hacks. Something that has helped me a lot is being in a safe space or even on these walks is taking out the garbage. Like allowing yourself a space to take out the garbage and some people do this in journaling, some people do this in so many different forms, but taking out the garbage and knowing that in this moment you're taking out the garbage and then you're deciding when it starts and you're deciding when it ends. You can control that ripple effect of negativity. So it's like sometimes you do need to take out the garbage and that's okay. And the second hack is cut anybody in your life or put them on um, um, a, a notice if they are negative. Um, who you surround yourself with is very important. And I, and I, I didn't understand that until I was older. 
Um, and I've had really hard conversations with people in my life, my life being like, look, this is what I'm going through and I can't be around you if you're going to be negative and if everything is going to be an issue or you're going to complain about everything because that brings me down. And, and that has helped me, um, c- you know, control my environment. And it's, yeah, it's key. There's a reason why everybody successful preaches the same shit. Because it's true. <laughs> but you it can't works. do it until you... I feel like you hear it a lot. And until you actually experience it, that's when you start understanding I it. know. And everybody listening to this will probably not do it until yeah. one day no, they're they going to go through the process. And then they're going to come to their own realization. But that's okay. It's a huge process. <laughs> we all went through it. We all went through yeah. it. You can't hold on to people just for the sake of holding on. Let go. <laughs> Let them out. And if they come back, great. If you come back to them, unbelievable. But if you don't, it's still unbelievable. For me in the last year, one of the key pieces to the mindset shift um, that's allowing me to reach the next level, still not there though, but is listening to the body really, really deeply. And I am I am a huge disciple. Like I said, this is going to be the third time you hear me speak about Andrew Huberman. Uh, Huberman, Huberman, sorry if I'm botching it. Is your body is built with incredible reward systems. Like it's literally your reward systems are constantly telling you stuff. And so I stopped drinking alcohol, I don't know, nine months ago, eight months ago. Yeah. But I really hate speaking about it because it's such a weird stigma that is around alcohol and people are always like, well, why did you do this? All these things, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, I'm going to be very honest. It's very simple. I didn't do it for moral reasons. I didn't do it because of studies. I didn't do it because people told me anything. All I did it was is a year ago, I started becoming really in tune with when I'm having a great day at the office, I question myself, why am I having a great day? And there's these patterns that emerge. Any fucking time I would drink anything, the next day was not a great day. I just felt either sluggish, lousy, and because midday- Anxious, anxious, on edge, yeah. All these things, and because Midday Squares is demanding such peak performance out of myself, and what do we mean by peak performance? It's, we got to deal with people all day. So I can't feel irritated. Mm. The more irritated I feel, the worse off I'm going to be in this environment. A lot of problem solving. Decision making. The alcohol thing's fucked. And and I say it because I was I was in New Year's, New Year's party the other day, and everyone was just like, let's take shots. And I was just like, I actually don't want to do that. And I, I started to realize that, like, at first I was hype in the daytime. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get drunk. I haven't got drunk because I stopped drinking too realistically. I've I, I really prevented myself from drinking. Not you don't enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. It's not because of the studies and it's not because social of, pressure. Of social you guys don't have an addiction or anything no. like that. You just you don't feel good after I you drink. I don't enjoy the taste and I don't enjoy the actual outcome of what happens. So so then the, the New Year's party kicked in. I was like, no, I'm going to drink. It's New Year's. I started telling myself this. I started telling the my brain. The narrative. You get the narrative. I was getting conned into that narrative. And then the party started happening and I had one drink. I was like, I don't really like this. And I had a second one and then people were like, take shots, don't don't be a baby. You know, I was like, I was like, shit, do am I really caving into this? And I did it. And then I was like, I'm done. After three drinks, I was over and everyone was rattled. Like they were just like, why aren't you drinking? You should drink, it's fun, it's New Year's. 
And I start to say, holy shit, we as a society need to change this because Big time. this is not the healthy. The pressure is not right. The pressure is not right. You want to, you have problems with pressure for people doing bad things like criminal behaviors or things like that. This is the same fucking thing. It might be coming from good intention or subconsciously, it's an insecurity yeah, that you're insecurity. promoting on somebody yeah. else. Yes. Or I don't they need to feel, feel drunk. You can't have fun or you can't elevate to where they want you to. But I think ultimately, why do we want to drink or do these things? Normally because we want the dopamine release. We want to let loose. We want to have fun. And I think it's okay to want to have fun, you know, but there are real consequences. And if we speak about, like, you know, Nick, you talked about being at peak performance, sleep, good food, exercise, no alcohol, no stimulants, right? Zero. Sometimes you cut caffeine, right? Have to. Yeah. Because I see the diminishing returns. But there's right. no judgment. I no, think zero. We're no not judging people that do that. We just, we realize what our hacks are and we want to follow our hacks. This is exactly the point I'm trying yes. to make in today's conversation. It's a mindset shift. Stop mm-hmm. giving a fuck about other people. Exactly. I can give a shit if you drink, smoke cigarettes. Drink milk. Wanna, like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Your prerogative. I do not care. Yeah. We can hang. We could do. We could, all these things. All I know is... I'm addicted to feeling good. Yeah. And I want to continue to optimize the things. So just that keep make me answering feel, that question. I love smoking weed. Yeah. Okay. But I realize that it makes me feel shitty the next day. So I got to keep it to certain times where I know that I'm not going to need to be in peak performance the yeah. next day. Or you could get out of peak performance, do whatever the fuck you want. Yes. Too. Yeah. But, but that's you, your choice. This yeah. Is your choice. And if you look at Kobe and if you look at Jordan, Michael Jordan, why are they the best? Because they knew they needed to maintain peak performance. And so that required a lot of discipline, you know, going to practice before everyone else, sleeping, eating well, training a lot, right? Saying no to things, saying no to societal pressure, right? It's hard to say no. On the flip side of that, yeah, the sleeping for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. But the flip side is Dennis Rodman, Hall of Famer, right? I believe he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He did the same thing, the same hack, but in a completely different way. He needed to do other things. Correct. Yeah. And the t- well, Michael Jordan understood that and people understood that and they let him be him. But him being him was his hack to his peak performance. But it Jake, wasn't you sleep. nailed it. That It's everyone else has their own. When Nick and I take vacation, right? Time off. Basically, he needs a week to do nothing. He needs to literally sleep and do nothing. And I need to do something. So like I went on our last break in November, I went to Paris with girlfriends because Nick needed to relax and lay and do nothing. And I needed to be stimulated. I needed to have dopamine in order to feel joie de vivre, in order to come back to work and feel fired up to do what I do every day. You are your own version. He cannot be your version. Exactly. We all see, even though we agree on the same things, a lot of the same things, we still see our own eyes are very different. Very different. So once you understand, exactly. So don't judge others. If Dennis Rodman wants to go on WWE the night before his his, uh, playoff game, so be it. He fucking performs. That's all. He's that, in peak that. performance. But that's why rules need to stop. Stop. Other than criminal behavior, those rules otherwise need to stop because it's preventing peak performance, which is preventing the world from absolute opportunity of greatness. Yeah. Love that. How do I there. even... I can't. That's the end. Yeah. That's that the end, is the end of the show, ladies wait, and gentlemen. Wait, wait. Before we do, we do something new. Let's each call someone out that has inspired us in the last couple of months. Okay. One person. I've Shoot. got it. Three, you start. two, one. Howie, P- Howie Payne's baby. Billion dollar brand builder. Check him out. Positive all the time. Mike Fata. That was an easy one. But it's true. No, but I now mean, you can't use it, him again. No, but I won't use him again. But at the end of the day, during really hard times, Mike Fata true. was somebody that I could turn to who 
understood what we were going through and and always had advice that propelled us forward you know so i i he did really inspire me over the last year um through all the ups and, and downs. we love that guy so go follow him on linkedin mike fada on linkedin mike like is literally a legend Ooh, that is a hard question um I, I'm going to throw it to Kobe because Kobe Bryant, I was doing research for the show. This guy was an animal, like a complete mental animal. And everything he achieved, there's no doubt why he achieved it. Like it's not even it's not even up for the imagination. When you go study Kobe Bryant and what he dedicated his life to, yeah. you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense why he was the best, one of the best yep. basketball players that ever lived. He took it to a whole other level, and I am obsessed with that competitiveness. So Kobe Bryant, RIP brother, you fucking inspire me. Three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole. Midday Squares Uncensored. Go give it a like, comment, refer it to a friend. We'll see you next week. Let's go. On y va, frappe-moi. Frappe-moi.